This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, Episode 41. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today is the January Monthly Roundup episode. So on today's episode, I'll be going through my major takeaways from my interviews with Misha Wilson from the Super Affiliate Network, Alex Barker of the 66-Day Experiment, and Ben Chaib from sellandsucceed.com. So first up is Misha Wilson from episode 38. So Misha is a multi-million dollar internet marketer, He is someone who's super successful. He's the owner of the Super Affiliate Network. Uh, And Misha uh, focuses on a traffic strategy that is a little less talked about, uh, but is highly effective uh, and is a strategy. uh, It's a strategy called solo ads. Now, I know a lot of you may be familiar with solo ads, but I personally wasn't uh, familiar at all with solo ads at the time. And uh, basically what a solo ad is, for for those of you who might not know, it's um, basically what you do is you go to someone that already has an existing email list and you pay them a certain fee to send an advertisement uh, to their audience. And uh, so similar to a Facebook ad in which you would pay Facebook to, you know, put your ad in front of their audience. In this case, you're sending this to someone's email list. uh, And it's, it's really effective. And I've, I've run some solo ads since connecting with Misha, seen, seen really good success, actually better success than I've seen with Facebook, Facebook ads. Um, so I would say if you're interested in solo ads, it's definitely something to check out. And Misha is a great resource uh, for that. And so is the Super Affiliate Network. Uh, so get, so to get into uh, some of the takeaways that I had from our interview, um, you know, uh, as you, you may have heard again and again, you know, the success stories out there, um, you know, you, you hear stories about overnight successes. And I know Misha in particular is definitely a story that uh, is not an overnight success. He's someone that worked really hard. Uh, to build up and get where he is. He's, um, and, um, and the thing about him is, uh, you know, he struggled a lot in the beginning, just like you, you hear so many other people talk about, uh, in the beginning, he spent nearly $10,000 on different programs, on different traffic strategies, trying to figure out how to make money online. And he really got nowhere, um, before he had his major breakthrough. Uh, and then when he did, and he discovered, um, how to really, uh, make money and how to really break through, um, he was able to quickly uh, reach the six-figure time, and in fact, he was able to make uh, $1 million in revenue within his first five months of launching his own business, the Super Affiliate Network, which is, which is pretty amazing to me. And so, uh, so some of the takeaways that I had from our, my interview with Misha, you know, Misha said the key to his success was taking massive action when others took baby steps. Uh, he, he said that, you know, in the beginning, he worked 12-hour days uh, while building his business. And, um, you know, he didn't really see success until he figured out the secret. Uh, and the secret was not spending so much time learning, but spending more time implementing. In the past, he worked long days, but he spent a lot of time learning from courses and reading things and watching tutorials and whatever else, and very, very little time implementing. And then what he did was he switched that around from 80% time learning, 20% time implementing, and it became 80% time implementing, maybe even 90% time implementing, and uh, you know, 20, 10 to 20% time learning. 
because the implementation is really not only where you're going to see the results, but, really going to, but also where you're going to learn the most because you're not really going to figure out what you're doing wrong and what questions you need to ask to a mentor or someone else until you actually start to implement the things that you learn. Um, so that's something that I thought was really, really powerful. You know, Misha said that most people fail because they don't put in the time to be successful. It's not that they're not smart enough. It's not that they don't have access to the right information. It's just that they just don't put in enough time um, to make it happen. Uh, and many people approach the market, uh, he said, from from the wrong angle, which is, you know, how do I make uh, money now? How do I make $1,000 next week instead of being focused on what problems do I want to solve and what impact do I want to have in people's lives? Um, you know, Misha said that um, basically he spent two and a half years um, buying, you know, like I said, nearly $10,000 worth of products, uh, failing again and again until he was finally able to figure everything out. And he said that, um, you know, you have to struggle and go through that and, and fail in the beginning in order to learn. But you have to be willing to keep going despite those failures. Everyone's going to fail. Everyone's going to fall on their face. Uh, but you got to be strong enough to be able to take those failures in stride and say, you know what, I'm not going to give up just because I failed again and again and again and again. I'm going to keep going. And, and every story that I've, uh, every, every success story that I've heard, it, you know, it goes the same way. It's people fail over and over again and they're just, um, they persevere. They're persistent enough to keep going until they actually see success. Um, and so, uh, you know, what, what Mitra did was he just went on and, and kept going and, and didn't give up. And then he finally did see success. Uh, and Misha, Misha said um, that uh, one thing that changed his perspective, once he changed his perspective and started focusing on how he can serve his customers, that's when he saw a significant change in his business. Uh, he said that he uh, he knew early on uh, that he needed mentorship, and so he didn't uh, he didn't hesitate to hire a coach. Um, and uh, he knew he needed a coach from his his days of playing tennis. He used to be a very successful tennis player. He had a tennis coach that really helped him iron out the the kinks in his stroke and the kinks in his game. And uh, from that experience with that coach, he realized he knew that you know stepping into this internet marketing. Uh, world, he would need the exact same thing. There will be kinks in his tactics. There will be kinks in the the approach that he's taking, the way he talks to people, things he doesn't necessarily even recognize himself that a coach could help him identify and help him um, really move forward and be a lot more successful than he could be on his own uh, without having the experience uh, that a coach uh, the coach has and the coach can uh, can share with him. Uh, you know, Misha started out selling affiliate products, um, and after having a lot of success, his, t- his coach told him that he needed to stop selling other people's products and to create his own. And to give you an example of the kind of person he is, um, you know, some people would, would have spent, you know, months or even years creating something, uh, but instead he went all in and he had a product created and ready to sell within seven days. So that that's the kind of implementation that he was willing to put uh, in place in his business to see success. Uh, and he also created something that stood out in the marketplace because, you know, most of the other people in the marketplace were driving traffic using Facebook ads. Uh, and he was able to teach people uh, how to drive traffic using solo ads. So he not only is someone who's uh, quickly implemented um, the things that he learned and, and quickly takes advice of his mentors and, and puts things into action, but also he found a way to differentiate himself in the marketplace and position himself as someone who's providing a, a, a strategy that a lot of other people are not talking about and are not focusing on. 
Um, so Mises suggests that um, that you figure out what product you want to sell, uh, and then you want to find all the competitors, or at least a good number of the competitors in your marketplace, and go through their entire sales funnels. You know, you want to look at their sales videos. You want to read their sales letters. You want to subscribe to their email list. You want to read their emails and, and see what sort of things they talk about. And then in all that material, you want, to, you want to identify a value gap. What are they not offering to the audience that you can offer to differentiate your product? Um, what's, what's an important thing that your audience probably wants but is not getting? And then that, that you adding that, uh, that, that added benefit uh, to your offering becomes your unique selling proposition uh, by finding the gap and adding that to your offer. Uh, so I really liked my my interview with Misha. I think she, he provided uh, a lot of great perspective on um, how to overcome uh, challenges, just the importance of sticking with things uh, that everyone's going to fail, and you shouldn't see failure as a as a reason for you to quit, but really as a as a lesson that this is just part of the journey and and something you have to go through. Uh, and, and implementing what you learn quickly and effectively and uh, hiring mentors to help you get over roadblocks and get through things you don't understand are really, really important to, uh, to a successful business. Uh, so next up was Alex Barker. So Alex was the business coach and mastermind facilitator from episode 39. Um, and I really liked my interview with Alex because Alex was actually the person who set up my first mastermind group that I was a part of um, uh, a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago, um, and uh, it was it was really helpful because it was that mastermind group that really you know got me to uh, take action, to move forward with my business, to accomplish my goals, and to have you know people that I knew I was going to be accountable to every week, and people that I could also get advice from on a weekly basis. Um, and so throughout the interview, we talked a lot about uh, his coaching and practice, and we talked a lot about masterminds and and how to run an effective mastermind. Um, and, uh, you know, when Alex was talking about success, he said, you know, if you keep doing anything every day for long enough, uh, for a long enough time, eventually you will reach success. So similar to what Misha was saying, you just don't give up. You have to keep going. And perseverance is just that lesson that you, you just, I hear, uh, countless times from these people who are super successful. It's not going to be, you're going to go out there and you're going to try it once or twice or maybe even three times and you're going to see this overnight, you know, amazing success. No, you may have to struggle for a few months or maybe even a few years, but you have to be persistent and you have this goal in your mind that I'm going to get this and I'm going to keep going until I finally figure it out. And if you don't give up, you will eventually get there. Um, and like Alex said, you know, um, doing anything every day for a long enough period of time, eventually you'll reach success. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, this works uh, for anything that you want to accomplish, um, but the thing is, it can always it can also work against you in developing bad habits. So, just as you, if you work every day uh, to develop a good habit or to accomplish a goal you really want to accomplish, if you continue to do bad habits every day and you repeat those bad habits, those things will get ingrained in you as well. So, it can work for you know in a positive way as well as in a negative way so kind of be be careful what things you repeat doing every single day and what sort of things do you want to uh really i guess have in your life and which which ones do you not um and he said to uh to, you know to reach success and to overcome a bad habit you know you don't have to knock out you don't have to knock it out of the park uh, on any one given day but you just need to be consistent uh, and let the snowball effect of your consistency pay off over time. So chip away at those problems, chip away at those bad habits, 
um, slowly do things each day to add to your good habits. And instead of, you know, trying to eat the elephant, as they say, in one bite, you eat an elephant, uh, you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? Give yourself significant and, and um, sufficient time to be able to go through all the different pieces of building your online business. Because if you try to move too fast, your expectations are too high too early on, uh, and you get burnt out, you're, you're likely to quit. Now, I'm not saying lower your expectations. I'm not saying uh, don't, don't shoot for the stars because, I mean, as, you've, as, as you heard with Misha, you know, he was able to make a million dollars within five months. You know? so, so clearly that's possible, and other people have been able to do the same thing and even, and even greater things. Um, but the point is don't set a, set a goal of, oh, I'm going to make a million dollars within five months, and then if you don't see that, you quit and you want to give up. You just you got to keep going despite... Uh, all the setbacks because the setbacks are going to come and it's just it's just it's just part of the game it's just part of what happens um so alex also described uh his entrepreneurial journey towards success as a big squiggly line you know <laughs> i mean he he went from failure to failure he uh, had some successes and then some setbacks and he said that many people think that um that success is linear uh and it's straight but it's just it's just not the case everyone who uh is a successful entrepreneur is trying to figure something out uh, on any given day at any given time uh, and uh, and has to experiment and fail before they succeed so this is just this is just part of being an entrepreneur part of what it is and Alex said you know don't be fooled into thinking that someone has it all figured out even the people who are super successful there's still things they don't understand there's still things they struggle with uh, there's still things they fail with you might not hear about those failure stories but they're there um, and so just know that you're not alone if you're struggling know you're not alone if you're failing at stuff uh, I know that you're not alone if there's things that you don't understand, um, but know that you are, um, you know, in a like-minded field and like-minded place if you are trying to persevere because you'll be on the same team with everyone else who's going to be successful in the end because they're all going to be doing the same thing, persevering through their struggles uh, and, and not giving up. Um, so Alex also, as I mentioned before, organizes and sometimes facilitates mastermind groups for people uh, to get together and share advice and experience with each other. Uh, and he holds and, and, and to hold each, you know, each person um, holds each other accountable uh, for their goals that they set for themselves. Um, Alex said, um, the number one thing that causes mastermind groups to fail is that there isn't a clear leader or structure for the group. Now, the group that that I set up uh, that Alex set up for me, but but that we decided um, how we we're going to structure it was we uh, we did pick a group leader. Uh, we just decided on our first call. Uh, you know, we just did a vote and said, hey, who's interested in being a leader and who are we going to vote for? And we picked someone and that person um, was leader of the group. Now, that didn't mean that, you know, they dictated everything that happened with the group. Uh, it did, it did, But it did mean that they were the person who was responsible for um, scheduling our calls, who was responsible for kind of answering any sort of questions. If, if we had a, a question about, you know, how we were going to structure a certain thing in the group, the leader was was kind of the person who was, I guess you would say, mainly responsible for figuring that thing out. Um, but we rotated responsibilities uh, throughout the group um, and so that, you know, not one person would, would, would get burnt out. Um, and we rotated who was in the hot seat. And the hot seat, for anyone who's not familiar with that, is um, when you are the person who that week is going to discuss your business problems that you're having and everyone else in the group is going to talk to you about what they what ideas they have that might help you um, and, and what their vision is uh, for your business uh, and, and the problems that you're having. Um, and during the hot seat, um, 
there is a pre-designated person who states uh, their most immediate problem and everyone, um, Alex said a, a good way to go about this is that, you know, everyone will ask clarifying questions to make sure they fully understand the problem. Uh, and, and the way he does it in his groups is actually a little different than what I did in my group. Um, but I think it's interesting. What he does is after the person who's in the hot seat um, tells the problem, they stay quiet for the rest of the hot seat until the very end. And everyone else in the group um, just provides them with advice uh, or ask clarifying questions. And what happens is, and the reason why he does this is because he doesn't want the person in the hot seat to get defensive, to come up with all the reasons why the advice that's given to them won't work. And sometimes that's what happens. You know, people, um, they, they'll, they'll hear advice and they immediately just put up a wall and they immediately just Think of all the ways that won't work, all the, all the things that are wrong with it, instead of thinking, how can I make this work? How can I figure this out? And when you're, when you're forced to be quiet and you can't just automatically come up with an objection, sometimes it helps you to be more receptive to those ideas. <laughs> you know, you may be rejecting them in the back of your mind, but, uh, but you not vocalizing that rejection um, often will help to, um, to ward off some of the defensiveness and maybe help you. Uh, internalize some of the advice uh, that's being given to you. So it's a strategy that I'm, I'm going to implement in my mastermind group and, and try out. And I think it's some good advice. So um, that was my interview with Alex. Um, and next up was uh, my interview with Ben Shaib uh, from episode 40. Uh, so Ben is a sales coach uh, that teaches entrepreneurs to overcome their struggles with sales. Now, this is really, really important because Sales is the lifeblood of any business. If you can't sell whatever product or service you're offering, you don't have a business. You won't make any money. So it's really at the core of the business. And so many people struggle with sales. So I was so glad to have been on the show because he's an expert. He's someone who's super successful and someone that has a really good sales strategy. Now, we've had other people on the show as well to talk about their sales strategies. And I love to have you know various people to talk about that because I feel like you know, when you have different opinions about things, what I like to do is I borrow different pieces from different people, right? There's, there's, it's rarely that there's one person who has all the answers. So what I'll do is I'll take one person's technique and I say, okay, I like, you know, step one, three, and seven of your technique. And then I'll take someone else's technique and I say, hey, I like step two and four of your technique. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go with all these different pieces and put it together to develop the, the kind of, I guess you would say, you know, best, best of breed of all these different techniques together. Um, and, uh, and so I, I did want to share with you, you know, my takeaways from Ben's, uh, because I really liked his, uh, his strategy. Um, and so Ben kind of started out with, you know, he said that some people think that, uh, sales is all about pitching. Um, and, uh, and he believes, um, and, uh, and has succeeded very much with sales, um, because he believes that, really being a good salesperson is about showing your prospect that you care and understand them before you even decide whether or not they're the right person to pitch to. So before the pitch even comes into your mind is, am I going to pitch this person? You got to figure out whether this person um, is the right fit for you. And then also you have to let them know that you care and understand what their problem is. Uh, so during, during our interview, he shared his eight step formula for, for basically selling anything, which I think is pretty amazing. And these eight, eight steps are broken down. Um, and, um, and he, and he really gets into, um, how to get into your prospects mind and, um, and not just become, you know, interested, uh, in, in what you're selling, but make sure that you can figure out that what they really need 
and make the case that your your product matches what they really need. So the eight steps start with um, with share. And share that first step in the phase is when you uh, you go through the process of listening to your prospect's story, um, and you share your story with them to build rapport. In this phase, you really want to just connect with that person um, as you would with anyone else, right? You're not you're not there trying to use some sort of salesy conversation tactic or anything like that. You're just talking to them like you would anyone else. Uh, at a at a networking event or as a friend or something like that. So basically with no agenda. And the goal here is to build trust, to find common ground and to identify with their situation. So you're both sharing stories back and forth of, you know, um, struggles or business ideas or whatever it might be, just building rapport. Um, and the next phase is suitability. So in this phase, you want to confirm your prospects' basic needs and qualify them to make sure their problems and needs align with your solution. Um, so Ben suggests that you don't pitch them until you know uh, if they have a need for the product or service that you're offering. And so the goal here is to make sure that there is a good fit between what you're selling and the need of your potential customer. So the next step in the process is significance. So in significance, this is where um, you really work to understand the person's problem so that you specifically know how they can benefit from your solution. So you want to show them how the costs of not having your solution uh, and, uh, and, and how those costs far outweigh the cost of having the solution. So whatever you're for them to buy, uh, show them how not having it actually costs them more than having it. Um, and here... Uh, you want them to really be able to feel the consequences of inaction um, so that those consequences outweigh the perceived consequences consequences of action. Um, and the next step is stretch. So in stretch, this is where you help them imagine their future and think big, right? You ask them uh, what opportunities will open up for them and how uh, will their income change. Uh, you want them. You want to get them to say how how your product will help them, uh, because you know if you say uh, that your product will help them, they won't believe it. They won't trust you, right? But if they say it, if you can figure out how to get them to say how your product will help them, then they'll believe it. So it's kind of like like one of my favorite movies, Inception, right? If if, if you know if if they say it, if if you can figure out how to incept them and get them to think it's their idea. Um, then they're much more likely to believe it than, uh, than, than you trying to sell it to them. So the next phase is select. Uh, and so with select, um, here, uh, you want to help them discover why they want to work with you. So you ask them, you, know, you flat out ask them why they want to work with you, uh, and make them provide reasons why, um, this will lead them to convincing themselves that you're the right person to solve their problem. And when you ask them that question, you know, their brain will be thinking like, Oh, what's, what's good about you? What have we already discussed? What rapport have we built? What, um, sort of things has this person talked about that, that resonates with the problem that I have? Um, and then the next is spend. Uh, so now, um, now you need to help them identify the financial resources and what uh, they can do to buy your solution. So you need to assign value to what you're selling before you can ask for the sale. All right. So, um, you know, if, if they have a lot of resistance to these questions, Ben said that then you know that they're not ready or willing to buy. So this may not necessarily be the right person. But when you when it comes to something like spend, one kind of good strategy that Ben talked about is he said, hey, if I gave you, you know, if, if I said to you, I'm going to give you $600,000, but in order for me to give you that $600,000, you have to give me $60,000, would you do it? 
And of course, the answer would be yes. Of course, I would give you $60,000 to get $600,000 in return. And so, you know, basically he's, he's trying to get people to think in a resourceful way. Okay, if there was a million dollars on the roof of the building, you know, and, uh, and you had to find a way to get up to the roof of the building in, you know, two minutes, uh, would you would you find a way to do it? Well, I'm sure people will be really, really resourceful and try to figure out a way to get that million dollars as opposed to if you just said, hey, can you find a way to get to the roof of the building? You didn't include that million-dollar incentive. They probably wouldn't even bother thinking of ways to do it because it just wasn't, wouldn't be worth it. What's, what's in it for them? Um, so really that's what you want to do in the spin phase. Let, you know, help them financially brainstorm how they can go about getting the funds to, uh, to pay for the solution. And the next step is, uh, the next step is start. So this is where you confirm that, uh, their intent, um, uh, this is, uh, this is where you confirm their intent to get an end result. Um, so you don't want to ask them, um, when they want to start working with you, but you want to ask them when they want the end result. Because if you ask them, when do you want to start working with me? They'll probably say, oh, I want to start working with you maybe in a month or maybe in six months when I get more money or get more time or whatever. But if you ask them, when do you want this result that you're looking for? Well, the answer will be, I want the result right now. You know, I want the result today. And if you get them focused on the result that they want, then they'll see the immediate need of, okay, well, if I want that result today, then I got to start working with you today or buy your product today so I can get that result today and get it much faster than I would if I waited. Um, so there the focus is just on focusing on the time frame of when they want the result as opposed to the time frame of when they want to start working with you and make those, those two time, t- time frames one and the same. Um, and so the last step in the process is solution. So this is where you tie your solution to their problem and you show them that uh, – Getting, getting you to work with them will help them get the result that they desire. And once you tie that together, then you'll be able to essentially sell, it, sell anything. So you walk through these eight steps, um, and you can really, um, really find an approach that works for any situation, works with uh, any person that you may want to sell. Uh, and I really, really like um, Ben's approach um, in this process because uh, it, it, just, it just kind of – shows the psychology that's necessary to really tap into people's needs, tie that need to your particular solution, help them figure out how they can get the money to do it, help them become resourceful within their own minds, and then um, find the, the, the immediate need to do it now as opposed to waiting you know, a month, a year, whatever amount of time. Uh, they would normally wait if, if you didn't show them the urgency of doing it. Um, so that's, that, that's my takeaways from the episode this month. So I did want to share something, uh, with you. So as I mentioned earlier in this episode, um, you know, I, I've been working with Misha Wilson from the super affiliate network. I actually joined the super affiliate network myself. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty phenomenal program. Um, and, uh, in that super affiliate network, um, basically what Misha does is he, so he shows you, you know, step by step, how to create solo ads and the importance of email marketing, how to how to create really impactful, powerful emails. Um, you get one on one coaching, you get group coaching. Um, and, and and quite frankly, I've seen more results uh, from those ads in terms of getting leads, in terms of getting sales, in terms of seeing significant income and sort of in terms of growing my email list than I've seen from from really anything else. Um, that I've tried in, in the uh, internet marketing space, so I'm I'm really happy with uh, with with the results that I've seen there. So what I'm going to do in this uh, this episode is I'm going to put a link in the show notes 
uh, to the Super Affiliate Network. If any of you are interested in and uh, a free trial, uh, Misha has a free trial for one dollar. You can go over there and uh, and purchase um, and get an opportunity to check it out and see if it's something that you'd be interested in. Um, so that's our show for today. And as usual, thanks for listening. Um, and uh, I am really glad and appreciate all the time uh, that it takes to. Uh, listen to the show, take notes. And if you have any questions about anything that I've talked about in this episode or any other episodes of the Internet Ballers podcast, please shoot me out an email. Uh, I can be reached at michael at internetballers.com. And again, this is Michael Pasha and uh, happy marketing. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.